we shift gear because there's a report that was released by Amnesty International uh, this Monday morning. And that report reveals very disturbing developments around child kidnappings and child killings in the Sahel's tri-border area. Some of these children have been recruited by armed groups while others are killed in the process. Villages are also reportedly under attack from these same armed groups. So we invited uh, Janine Mona who is a research consultant uh, uh, for children and armed conflict armed conflict at uh, Amnesty International to have a conversation with us. Thank you so much, Janine, for making the time to talk to us today. Can you give us a brief context of what is going on in that area? Yeah, sure, absolutely. And, and thank you so much for having me on this morning. Uh, so the report talks about really um, attacks, violations and abuses by uh, two armed groups primarily that are operational in the Central Sahel area. Uh, so when I say Central Sahel, we're talking about Mali, Burkina Faso and Niger. Um, and that is an Islamic uh, state affiliated group uh, called the Islamic State in the Greater Sahara um, and an Al Qaeda affiliated group called Jenem, which stands for the Group for the Support of Islam and Muslims. Um, the report specifically looks at uh, violations by these groups in the Tilaberi region of Niger, which borders Burkina Faso and Mali. Um, it looks at how these groups have both um, attacked uh, schools and teachers, uh, leading to um, unprecedented school closures in that region. About 31,000 students have been pushed out of schools. Um, it looks at how um, the Islamic State in the Greater Sahara has uh, rampaged uh, through villages um, along the border with Mali, uh, sometimes killing over 100 people at a time, sure. uh, ta yeah, targeting uh, younger men, older boys. Uh, we estimate at least 60 children have been killed in such attacks. Uh, they've been looting clinics, burning granaries, looting livestock. Um, and that's driven the population really from 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 the areas around the the Mali border. Mm. Um, al along the southern border, Jenem has been actively recruiting and using children, which is a very uh, worrying sign. Um, women and girls in those areas have been almost completely become completely invisible mm. um, because they are unable to engage in activities outside of the home, uh, things like collecting firewood or farming, um, or uh, earn an income for their families. Um, in some cases, uh, young girls have been forced to marry uh, Jenem fighters or have been abducted by Jenem fighters as well. Mm. Um, and all of these instances, um, the response from the authorities has been quite slow, uh, leaving people very vulnerable to abuses. Um, this is something that has really escalated over the course of the last year. Um, and there's some worrying trends that we really want to highlight. Yeah. So why is this area such a haven for these armed groups? And who are they, these armed groups? Mm. Well, the conflict has been going on for many, many years. It really started with um, uh, separatist armed groups um, in northern Mali that over time really expanded and deepened their reach. Um, it is um, an incredibly vulnerable and poor part of, uh, of the world. Niger, I think statistically, is, is the poorest uh, country in the world. Mm. Um, and that has left a lot of areas very vulnerable uh, to sort of rampant abuse. And of course, it also means that uh, people there who uh, lack economic opportunities um, are attracted potentially to the calling of these groups. Mm -hmm. And the targeting of children, though, why? Uh, well, there are... <laughs> Uh, for a number of different reasons. First of all, they're a very easy target. 
Um, and the one thing you can do if you really want to instill fear in a population is to go through a village um, killing without any sense of, of um, uh, you know, uh, without discerning, you know, perhaps who might be involved in a self-defense group or something. So that really instills fear in the population. Um, but also for recruitment purposes, they're an easy target. You know, if you want a loyal fighting force, um, you know, it's very easy to manipulate children um, and, and to get um, convince them to join you. And, and the ways in which they've been doing that is by sort of promising food, uh, clothing, um, other material, other material aspects uh, to, to bring children on board. Mm. What do they do with them then? You know, I- how and 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 how is the process of kidnapping them? How do they kidnap them, and what do they do with them once they're kidnapped? Mm. So, in this particular region, in terms of uh, kidnappings, they, uh, the, the amount of kidnapping that we reported was quite limited. It was still very early in very early stages. Um, but in these particular instances where we did document kidnapping, um, and there's been a lot of kidnapping of, of authorities as well, uh, the group would come into a village, perhaps they would see a young uh, girl that they liked, um, and they would take the girl from the family and then take her either across the border or into one of their bases. Um, in terms of getting people to join the group, as I said before, it's really surrounding um, uh, you know, uh, using using um, money and other material means to, to, to bring them on board and to, to have them fight with them. And the kinds of things that they do use children for uh, are things like uh, spying on security forces, lookouts. Um, and in one attack in Burkina Faso, there have been reports um, of children participating in an attack that led to, I think, the death of about 130 people. Uh, so children ages between 12 and 14. Uh, so the recruitment of children is definitely um, of concern because we worry that, you know, they've been trained to use weapons and arms in these areas. Um, and it seems to us to be a potentially ticking time bomb. In case you just joined us, we're in conversation with uh, Janine Mona, who's a research consultant uh, for children and armed conflicts at Amnesty International. She's uh, currently talking to us uh, from Florida in uh, the United States. And we're talking about Niger child killings and uh, kidnappings. We have to take a quick commercial break and we'll continue our conversation with Janine in a short while. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SFM. Welcome back at 11.46. A report released by Amnesty International this morning reveals very disturbing developments around child kidnapping and killings in the Sahel's tri-border area. And uh, some of these kids have been recruited by armed groups while others are killed in the process. Uh, Villages are also reportedly under attack from uh, some armed groups. And we've been in conversation with Janine Mona, who's a research consultant uh, for children and armed conflict for Amnesty International. Uh, Janine is talking to us from Florida uh, in the United States. What interested me also when I read the report is that we know that you spoke to 16 of the boys. What did they tell you, Janine? Yeah, it was really incredibly heartbreaking. I think one of the things that um, really came across so strongly is just the psychological toll it has um, for children living in these areas that are under constant attack, constant threat of abuse by these groups. Uh, we spoke to a young uh, group of boys, I think there were about five of them, um, who described to us um, uh, an incident, I think about 12 people were killed in this particular attack, uh, where um, several armed group members, often riding on motorbikes, um, uh, their faces covered, wearing glasses, came rampaging through the village, shooting at random, 
uh, this young group of boys uh, started running for their lives because they knew there would be a target. Um, and one of their friends stopped to turn to speak to one of these uh, armed group members to ask. I think he, they, they quoted, they said, Yo, my, my father, my brother, why are you doing this to us? And he was shot in front of them. Mm. Um, and, and they described this story, this horrific scene. The boy was about 12 years old at the time, uh, very young. Um, and and that's what children in those regions are facing, and it, it, it is it is incredibly scary and, and really horrific. And sad, and very sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can we attribute this problem to? Because some point the figure uh, the finger, sorry, at uh, Nigerian authorities. What responsibility, if at all, are they taking for it? Yeah, well, one of the things that became quite clear um, in the research is, well, there are two issues. First of all, um, so the, uh, the military has been hit quite hard by these groups, and that has caused them to withdraw from some of the border areas. And it's clear that as soon as the military withdraws from a region, um, it leaves uh, those villages really open to, to abuses by these groups. So in one case, we documented um, the military leaving a base uh, near a village called Tilwa, Three days afterwards, the armed group came in, basically drove everybody from that village. So the fact that if there is a lack of a military presence there, it really does leave uh, uh, um, people very vulnerable. The other issue is when attacks do happen, even if they are near a military base, it takes an incredibly long time for authorities to respond. I think we documented 12 medium to large scale attacks in that area. um, And often it would take... In only one case did did the military actually respond when an attack was taking place. And even then, it was several hours um, into the killaging, killing and pillaging that was taking place. Um, and so in, in, in that sense, we really feel that a lot needs to be done to reinforce uh, the security uh, for people in those particular areas. Mm. Um, but we're also, I think, looking to, to call more broadly on, uh, on a bigger humanitarian response, uh, really making sure that children are getting or accessing some of the services that they need in those areas. Yeah. And then there's attacks on the villages. Tell us more mm. about those. Yeah. So in about, about over the course of the last year, you know, when the Islamic State in the Greater Sahara is, is the group primarily responsible for these large-scale attacks, and when they first entered the villages, they seemed very intent on taxing the population. So they would come in, request that uh, uh, people pay a certain percentage of their earnings to the, to, to, to the group. And then over time, the way in which they collected that tax became incredibly chaotic, abusive and aggressive. It prompted some local resistance. And then in Niger in particular, in about 20, uh, the beginning of this year, um, the group started to change their approach. They, beca- they started to carry out these large-scale um, killings or attacks on villages. Uh, so they would come through multiple soldiers at a time, um, or, or rather fighters at a time, um, uh, killing um, uh, scores of people. So in Niger, I think the first major attack this year was on January 2nd, where about 102 people were killed. Um, and what I think is incredibly um, damaging about the way in which they do the attacks is they destroy the village in a way that makes it completely uninhabitable for the residents. Whoa. So they come in, they burn uh, the food stores. So most people farm uh, once a year. They, you know, that, that, so there's a, a primary farming season. They store all of their grain um, in these uh, small uh, granaries uh, to sustain them for for the course of the year. It's not an easy area to be farming. And they've come in, burned the granaries, often looted all of the livestock and left people completely destitute. People are forced into displacement. 
Um, and in, of course, in the displacement areas, there are often no places to farm. Um, so there are a lot of statistics now about food shortages in that area, all, of course, which have a sort of disproportionate impact on children who, you know, of course, risk malnutrition, stuntedness, things like that. Um, so people have really been driven from their homes uh, and have no places to go and, and no means to, 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 to sustain themselves and their families. The conversation, if you want to join it, is uh, with uh, Janine Mona, who is a research consultant uh, for children and armed conflict uh, at Amnesty International. And uh, we're having this conversation because a a report was released today uh, by Amnesty International uh, that reveals very disturbing developments around child kidnappings and child killings in the Sahel's tri-border area. And uh, these children get recruited by armed groups while others get killed, actually in the process. Do we have the number, uh, Janine, of how many up to now, how many children have been killed? Yeah, it's it's very difficult to quantify, partly because, um, you know, of course, uh, there's, there's not a ton of data uh, coming out of that area. Uh, we estimate at least about 544 people have been killed in sort of conflict-related deaths um, in, in, in that region. Uh, we have only really been able to pinpoint 60 children mm. uh, who have been killed this year. It's 62 um, many. That, yeah, it's 62 many indeed. And, it, and it's likely to be much more, of course, because we're not able to cover all of the attacks that have taken place, many of which are not you know, captured necessarily by the media or, or, or others. But um, yeah, a very worrying number for for this year. Yeah. If you want to ask Janine as we go to break a question, please start dialing us on 0891-104-207. That's 0891-104-207 or WhatsApp us on 061-410-4107. The conversation is around the Niger child killings and uh, kidnappings and uh, we're having it uh, with Amnesty International as represented uh, by research consultant uh, for children and armed conflict uh, in Florida, uh, Janine Mona. It's 11.54. We'll be back in a short while. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. Welcome back. It's uh, 11.55. It's almost time for us to get out of here, but uh, we're rounding off our conversation uh, with uh, Janine Mona, Research Consultant, Children uh, and Armed Conflict, Amnesty International. Where do you see it going? Where do you see it going? Uh, Especially considering the authorities are not doing much to try and quell these killings and these uh, kidnappings, Janine. Yeah, this is really why we wanted to highlight this report at this time. We think it's a really critical turning point. Uh, Things have escalated dramatically over the course of the last eight months. You have more killings uh, this year alone uh, than than have been uh, last year, for example. So things have really escalated dramatically. um, And we are concerned that that uh, trend is just going to continue if there isn't more engagement in what's happening at, at, at this time. Um, and so the hope is that to really sort of capture the experiences and voices of children uh, to rally support uh, for what's happening for, for the victims in the Central Sahel at this time um, and to take action at this time, because I think it is a really important turning point. Um, and if there isn't enough done now, um, uh, those uh, large scale attacks, uh, the ongoing recruitment of children, uh, the abductions of young women uh, are just going to continue. Yeah. And you say you you're also trying to really support any support that you're getting up to now. Um, Well, we're hoping that this this will trigger some uh, uh, additional resources. I think, you know, our our goal is to try and push three recommendations. The first is really around reinforcing security in that area. 
The second is really highlighting, I think, the humanitarian crisis that is happening mm. um, and, and really the needs for children in those areas, uh, continuing access to education. You know, Nigeria has, I think, the highest rate of children out of school in the world, and that's mm. just been devastated by the conflict. Mm. Uh, so making sure that children have resources like that, uh, resources like uh, psychosocial support and care. Um, and then also just monitoring of what's happening in that region so that uh, people are more aware of the violations taking place. Sure, very heavy to hear, very painful to hear. But thank you uh, for making the time uh, to highlight this report. If people want to uh, read the report, uh, what is the website again? Uh, yes, please just go to Amnesty International. If, if you Google, uh, the title of the report is I Have Nothing Left Except Myself, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, it will come up uh, very easily. But it's also on the Amnesty website. I have nothing left except myself. Thank you, Janine, for making the time to have this conversation with with us this morning. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Janine Mona is a research consultant for children and uh, armed conflict uh, at Amnesty International. And we were talking, of course, about the report that they released. The report is called I Have Nothing Left But Myself. And that report they released today, and it's a report that's, uh, as you heard us say, reveals very disturbing developments around child kidnappings and killings uh, 